Good day, everybody, and welcome back. This is Autism on Shift. If you have been here before, you know we get a little silly, but we talk about work, and it's cool. If you've not, guess what? We get a little silly, and we talk about work, and it's cool. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome. Today, we are talking to Steven. Hi, Steven. Hi, how you doing? Good. How are you? Doing great. Steven is a fellow podcaster. He runs the Ballistic Autistic podcast. I've had a chance to listen to a little bit of it um, this week, and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, you should check him out, uh, Ballistic Autistic. Um, can you tell us where they can find your podcast? Pretty much everywhere. I host it off of Anchor, so they are generous enough to put it also everywhere else. So it can be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, pretty much any major podcasting listening uh, platform, which is awesome. Heck, <laughs> yeah. We like that. Um, so we're going to talk about uh, Stephen's job. He is a dog groomer, and that's exciting to us. So we're going to ask him a bunch of questions about grooming dogs. <laughs> uh, well, tell us what a normal day kind of looks like for you at work. Um, well, it's definitely different now because I've been doing mobile grooming now for three years. Um, so what's really awesome about it is, is I just um, we have it set up with the company I'm at. Is um, we have four vans. Uh, so and. Uh, there's a total well, we have six groomers now or we're about to hire another one so basically on a given day there's usually four of us uh, and you just show up whatever vans available from so if someone because of the overlapping someone might already have their tools in one van so they leave them in there overnight so you have to unpack and pack and repack again so you just find an open van jump in and then start driving to your first appointment is there a specific um, van that's better than the others that everyone tries to run for? <laughs> my boss teases me about it, but there's the one that I like, uh, I, I have one, because it's, it's actually the oldest one he owns, but I yeah. think it works the best, oddly enough, especially the air conditioner. Because um, when it gets too hot, yeah, the air conditioner is the big part. And then I think, to me, I think the dryer works a little bit better. But other than that, um, the other reason I also like it, too, is because um, some of the newer vans in the driving section have, like, this little shelf above the um, driver's seat. And I bang my head on that a lot by accident. So I like the old one because it doesn't have it. So I just I forget because I'm 6'2". And the rest of them are girls, you know, so they're all short. So it's like they don't even think about that. But to me, because I'm, I'm literally, like, kind of, like, the max height for the van. So, like, I still am just, like, I barely have, like, a hand width of the ceiling wherever. <laughs> Well, so, I'm just glad. Um, I'm glad it's your height and not the way you drive that you're constantly hitting your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I jump. Yeah, I just jump into the one. It doesn't really matter. They all work great. It's just like with my autism, my guys are just like I want that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm the same way, but I'm I I, uh, I do drive a truck for a living uh, from place to place that I for my day job, and uh, you know I get to keep my truck, but anytime somebody else like. I'm off right now. I uh, have some medical issues going on. So, you know, like uh, it's somebody else is in my truck and I, and I guarantee as soon as I get in, I'm going to have to go through all of my little steps that I make it <laughs> mine again, you know, put all my things in their places and stuff. and Get rid of the next dude's well, trash. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever's on the floor. Yeah. The crumbs. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like sometimes they'll forget. Yeah, someone had like, uh, they'll have like receipts from whenever they got like McDonald's or something and like they have to pick up. They're usually fairly clean, so it's not that big a deal. And there's obviously always dog hair and there's nothing you can do oh, yeah. about that. It seeps into every kind of nook and cranny no matter what you do. <laughs> so how many places do you end up, uh, like how many appointments do you do a day or um, can you do a day? Well, the most I've ever done a day for him is 12 dogs. 
Oh, well, that's because it was just a ton of baths, and they were all tiny. So it sounds like a lot, but it was like it was like four chihuahuas at one appointment. Um, so it that went actually really quick. So it's like when I say twelve, everyone's like, "Well, that seems like a lot," but it was like when they're chihuahuas, it takes like all twenty minutes to get them done. So our baths take uh, shorter than like the haircuts and yeah, yeah. So, um, but a typical day, I'll work anywhere from seven to eight dogs, sometimes nine. I have a couple clients where they have. It saves time when you don't have to drive, and they have like two to three dogs at an appointment. Oh yeah. So it's a little bit times where it's like where I get like pile up a day where there's like multiple clients with a lot of multiple dogs, and then I'm able to do more. But typically seven days, pretty much like the average. Nice. Yeah. Cool. And they'll range from like little Maltese's to, and I have like a bunch of Burmese Mountain Dogs and Great Pyrenees clients that I do like on the regular. So. Wow. Wow, those are beautiful dogs. Yeah, they're they're. I always say the bigger they are, the sweeter they are. But they're also r- kind of like also the most scaredy cat dogs I deal with too. That's hilarious. <laughs> so they don't want to get in the van. Yep. But once they're in there, they're totally fine. I saw a video once of uh, um, they did this test of you know just this kind of test of a dog where they put like a secret camera and then. Um, they would go into people's houses. Obviously, the owner of the house was in on it, but sure. they would come in and they would pretend to like attack the the human and see how the uh, dogs react. And all the big dogs like ran under the table. And stuff. The little ones were the ones that would go after the guy. That's great. Yeah. Well, you know, we have a, a under medium sized dog. I would say he's a beagle, um, but he would definitely run away. Oh, but yeah. I don't know. He would bark and bark and bark. And I would MP. say they're pretty, <laughs> yeah, they're pretty good at being pretty defensive of the family. So, yeah, I imagine he he his bladder would be on the floor, but <laughs> so, <laughs> probably. Yeah. But he'd slowly back away as he's barking. So yeah, I don't know, maybe not. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's, yeah, just kind of show up and you know you you get you go up to the house. I mean, going back to the whole how the day looks, I just you know I show up. Uh, walk to the door, ring the doorbell. There's a couple where I just text them really quick. And then um, I grab the dog, say a quick hello, take him, and then start working on the bath and the haircut and go through the normal processes and then get him right back and head to the next one. Yeah, see, I, I dig that. Now, you said, uh, you know, you had tried some self-employment and you, you're employed, and you know, with the, this uh, dog groomer. Is there something you like more about... Uh, uh, being, or what do you like about your job now, I guess, in general, but also what was easier? Yeah, I mean, what I really like about it now is I do kind of miss working around people because I started in the salon. I worked at PetSmart for forever, and so it was really nice being in, you know, with a group of people. But, it was, but I'm such a stickler for just wanting to expedite my work because I just want to work and be done. So it's kind of not – the biggest thing really is actually not having to deal with phone calls and booking appointments like I what's so great about what I do now and it's kind of like the biggest thing I like is that I just show up groom and go home so I don't have to deal with clients contacting me or literally having to stop and answer a phone call book an appointment and then go back to what I was doing or when I was like at PetSmart it was having to stop because someone says that they're falling behind with their schedule and having to go get their dog out and like either check in the dog for them or check out a dog and hand them to the client for them so like I, I like just being able to just take care of my dogs and then and then 
and then just stick to that. <laughs> yeah, if you're efficient at what you're doing, it's it's it, and you know that's the other thing for for me. If I get be if I get behind, it doesn't bother me because it's my fault. I can deal with my own mistakes. But once I have to deal with other people, you know, I rely on a lot of people. Once I have to rely on somebody else and it's their mistake, once or twice is you know whatever. But it's then it's like five or six people, and yeah. then I'm behind, and then I'm annoyed. So, oh, and that's the thing. I'm like, I'm such a. I'm like his only groomer that's like always ahead of schedule. Like I'm usually like a 15 to 20 minutes, sometimes more like an hour sometimes depending on how my day goes. But um, like some of the other groomers just because they're, they're just not as fast as me because I've been doing this a lot longer than most of them. There's only one other groomer that we, he recently hired um, that's been grooming for 15 years um, where like I just like in my mind, I, I cannot stand being like, it's like if your appointment's at one, I am going to do everything I can to be there at one and I can't stand being late. <laughs> Like he tells yeah. clients, all his clients are the normal thing because he, you know, he's thinking of the other groomers. Like, oh, give them a half hour window. So like your appointment at one, but they might show up as like, you know, like with AT and T or whatever. You know, like oh, we'll be here between four and seven uh, of next year. So uh, <laughs> it's just so it's like I was like, uh, we, I promised you one o'clock. I'm gonna do everything I can to get you to there at you know your scheduled time, and, and like that's just a thing in my head, and I like I feel super guilty if I start getting behind. Yeah, I feel the same way. I, I'm. I think that's huge, and you know, it's it's your integrity too. If you say you're going to be there at one, that you you're doing what you said you're going to do. I mean, you know. Yeah. It, it yeah. Has it was, it's nice about lockdown is like, clients. A lot of my clients are working from home, so it's like I know I can be early because they're not like going anywhere. They're home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Although then you show up at the at the same time as the pizza guy and the you know the FedEx guy and the UPS guy, and it's like there's only room for one of us in the driveway. How was your first? <laughs> and you end up being late. <laughs> so 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 let me ask you this: How does yeah. it work when? Because uh, our dog is just like a bath dog; he doesn't get his hair cut. That's yeah. the thing for beagles. Um, yeah. But if there's a dog that gets their hair cut. Is, how does that work? Is that something you just kind of do a general cleanup, or do people actually have requests? Like, I want them to look like this. Like a style. Yeah. There's some specifics, like they want the face to kind of have a certain shape. So, And then there's certain breed uh, specifics, like let's take um, like a Yorkie or a West Highland Terrier, for example. They both, those two breeds are known for having what we call tipped ears. So it's, it's specifically the technique is where you shave the top one third and then you scissor in the edges so you have that really that defined triangular shape of the ear, that pointy okay. ear look. Oh. Uh, and then you have specific rules like let's take a Schnauzer, for example. They have a specific breed cut. That's why they have that little skirt and they have the lines and you have to shave in specifically where the muscles line up because pretty much every breed trim out there is meant to do one of two things, either define a look or muscles or function so like even poodles let's yeah, take for example the classic you know your standard pool with that jacket and the pom-poms those are actually more functional than they are fashionable right, it's a like jacket warmth, is actually right? exactly it's meant to keep them warm the pom-poms are meant to keep their ankles warm because they're actually hunting water dogs they're meant to retrieve yeah. waterfowl so those that palms are meant to keep their ankles warm yeah, awesome. I don't think a lot of people know that. That's because no, it's I don't think a lot of people. It's, really but cool. it's kind of funny because when Duck Dynasty was super huge, they, everyone was making fun of. I think it what was his name, Uncle Sai, when he caught a poodle because they're also super gentle by not crushing the animal. You know, the bird when they retrieve it too, they have what they call um, gentle jaws, so they, they, they pick it up nice and they bring it right back to you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's better that I way. Had no idea. I just thought it was a, a silly rich person thing. I saw it on TV. You saw it on TV. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's like, and there's like a dozen different kind of like poodle things. Like, there's the town and country, the clown. You have the continental, which is that pulled jacket and everything. And then you have like the modified lamb cut, and you have um, 
like the New Yorker, New Yorker, and some other ones. I can't remember. Well, yeah, there's like a lot of names. names. Yeah, they all got names. Yeah. All right. What's the dog version of a mullet? (laughs) Uh, ooh, that's a good question. I think. I guess the the reverse would be maybe a Wheaton because everything's shaved on the back, but they have that long fall stuff coming (laughs) forward because they have that fall right between the eyes. So I guess that's the mullet in the front. That's (laughs) funny. The reverse mullet. That's awesome. What is it called? Wheaton. (laughs) Oh yeah, soft coated Wheaton Terrier. So they're really popular puppies because they literally look like little bears when they're like that first like like up to about six months. But then they get this really, you know, they, they totally change because their color, the coat changes and everything. And, oh, and they cool. get a really cool specific breed cut where you kind of have what, what they call a fall. So you just kind of scissor out these little eye holes. But they have like all this hair dripping over their face. So uh, they really do their business in the back and the party in the front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they get the big old beard and everything. They get yep. That's my kind of dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. So, is there any things that uh, you you don't actually enjoy about what you're doing now? Then, not necessarily. Uh, it's just you know I'm getting older because I'm I'm gonna be 32 year coming up, and one of the things I realize like this has kind of a limit specifically phys- specifically physically, especially when it comes to larger dogs. Oh, like sure. I know it, I've I've hurt my back a couple of times dealing with larger dogs, having to lift them and pick them up, and. And especially like we've been raising our prices specifically and we had to really, you know, we as a you know company was with input. My boss is getting input from all of us, especially when it came to the larger breeds and um, especially with the way the economy is going. Like we had to really put a thought of like, OK, like if we're going to put our bodies on the line doing these really large dogs, like, you know, let's get paid appropriately to it. Sure. And we've I've lost like a few like because I, I get it. It's like when you have three Burmese, I had one client literally had three Burmese mound dogs. Like we're about to charge you almost five hundred dollars for three oh, dogs. Wow. I get yeah. it. You know, yeah. I get, we're probably not going to keep you. But I mean, but you have to I, someone who has one. I'm charging like I can't. You know, I'm charging them. You know, the same price per. If you had only one, it would still be the same price. Like yeah. you chose to have three. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. Now you is have that three vet bills? Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ugh, that must be crazy. Yeah, I imagine because, uh, so, I mean, because there should be, like, something you could, uh, I'm imagining, like, stairs that could be let down to get them up, but you're probably talking about, like, getting them up on a table where you can do the work, I'm assuming? Is that what yeah, you're doing? Yeah, well, not just keep getting them on the table, because the tables we have get low, and then they have little ramps to get them into the tub, but it also, when they get to a certain age, and, and they age faster, so once they're, like, five, I would even say sometimes even four plus years old, they have a hard time just standing. Oh, and wow. then that means also being steady. That means I've had older, larger dogs like golden retrievers where they can't, they almost literally fall off the table and you're trying to, it, it's uh, hard to catch an 80 pound animal. Yeah. Oh, wow. That, that's, you know, you know, that's, you know, an awkward position. Oh, yeah. So, and then it just, you know, the time it takes to, you know, they take longer, everything. I mean, you're talking about instant, you know, like I said, if a chihuahua takes me 15 minutes, a Burmese round dog's going to take me probably like an hour. Oh, wow. Hour. That's yeah, crazy. Because, you know, all that fur and hair and, just getting it dry. <laughs> I can imagine. So you, um, so you had, how long did you say you're doing this for? You said the other guy was 15 years, but how long? I've been doing it 10 years. 10 years. So did you start at PetSmart? Is that where you started doing yeah, this? Or did you? Yeah. I, uh, I started, um, as a bather and worked my way through the process of their uh, academy and training and, and then, ju- and worked my way up and, 
I mean, it's really two options. You're bather or groomer, and then unless you're the salon manager, which I did okay. that for a short stint. And then I was like, uh, I need to groom because I wasn't making enough money. I was like, uh, let's not deal with everyone else's drama. Let me just focus on mine. Yeah, no doubt. Nice. Oh, is it like a commission type thing or is it based on... Yeah, it's pretty universally, um, it's pretty much commission-based. Um, where you, uh, like, I'll just take Petsmart as an example because it seems like that's still kind of what it is there. Petco is a little bit different. I've I known groomers that work at Petco, but... Um, and I've seen where you know, there's small shops that kind of still do the same model where you're paid 50% commission whatever dog you do. Okay. That's, that's good commission. Yeah. If I got paid 50% commission, I'd be rich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's like when you're doing a lot of these little guys, if, if you're fast, you I mean, that's kind of that's where it comes down to with being a dog groomer is the only way to make more money is to groom more dogs. And if you yeah. can only, and if you're only skilled enough to do a certain amount of dogs a day, then let's say you're self-employed, then the only other option then too is to bump up your prices. Yeah. So, so how, that's kind of, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. I was going to ask, so how did you get interested in it in the first place? Was it, was it just looking for something or did you, uh, <laughs> It was definitely not my first choice. Actually, when I was 15, my mom had a friend who owned her own shop. Uh, and during the summer I went to work for her for a day and I, hated it i was like i this is so gross the ears are so nasty squeezing their butts is disgusting this is this is wet and hairy and there's hair in my mouth and my eyes and it was the most miserable like i never wanted to do it and then i got married really young we got married i got married at 20 and um originally before i became a uh dog groomer i was a window cleaner and i worked for a small company but we're talking like you know, when the economy was really, really bad, like 2009-ish, 2010. Yeah. And uh, I did lose my job. And so looking for new work, I mean, I was applying at every place that was pretty much generic for interviews. But my mom had a friend that was moving from, to Hawaii, but they were at that pet in the area. And she said, here, if he's looking for a job, just I'm like, and it seemed like a good idea. Like, fine, because I started on the warehouse floor. And then within a month, I was in the salon just because that's just how it ended up working out. But um, they just apply, and then you know this is, and they, she kind of broke it down. It's like this is how much you can make once you kind of work your way of being a groomer, you get the experience. It's like okay, if I just look at the long term, this is a good idea, and I can suck it up, and you know, you know, just kind of get over <laughs> my own little being just uncomfortable with certain things, and just learn to just deal with the job as it is, and fine. So I got to the job, and then I mean, I got hired. I just started out on the yeah, I was just doing like stocking first in the morning for like a month because they were. The way the salon worked was when they have bathers, they want them to become groomers, which is really nice. They want them to all, you know, these people to like to get the skill set to move up because a lot of them kind of move on anyway. Either they go to a private shop or they even just simply just start running their own business, um, mobile or otherwise. And so they, can, the, the salon I was at could only have a certain amount of bathers, which I think was four. Okay. And um, just based on the numbers that they normally did. And so they, I was just basically waiting for the next set of bathers to go to their grooming academy, which would open up a bathing position. Okay. So as gotcha. soon as that happened, I became a bather. And then in the, they just kind of give you, it's kind of a, it is a bit of a sink or swims kind of situation because you, you do need to have a hustle mentality because it is, even bathers are working their butts off. Yeah. Um, because they're usually doing more of the larger animals. Like, cause you're constantly getting German shepherds, labs, uh, dogs that obviously don't need the haircut, but they also need to bathe because they like big shedders. Sure. Um, so so you're everyone's dealing... getting a bath and anyway, exactly. and only somebody, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So they're dealing with all the non, so they're dealing also, like, they're dealing with like, the little chihuahuas, but they're dealing a lot of like pit bulls and Dobermans. So anything that's short hair also that doesn't need a bath. 
So you have to really learn to time it because you're also doing more dogs sometimes. Like when I was a bather, you're part time, but you're still doing almost the same amount of dogs in a shift. So you're still doing eight, maybe even 10 bath dogs. Um, so you, you got to hustle. <laughs> and then you're yeah. also doing all the walk-in stuff because like I said, groomers were commission-based. So if a nail trim walks in, PetSmart didn't want the groomers to do it because they don't want to pay him $5 on a $10 nail trim. I think sure. it's more now, but let's just for argument's sake. Um, so they want the bathers to handle the walk-in stuff because they're hourly and it's like, okay, have the hourly person take the five minutes out of their time to, you know, make them so they make money for yeah. the salon. Yeah, everyone's so it's like, job, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I was just saying, everyone's job is hard and it's funny, you know, there's always somebody who thinks, oh, oh, that sounds easy until, you know, until you really get into the mentality of, or not just the mentality, but into the details of the job. Yeah. Every job is hard. Every job has very specific things that go on. You know what I mean? It's like, and I hear, you know, I hear it with so many people and I'm thinking like, you know, dude, if you say that about this guy's job, you know someone's saying that about your job. Do you not understand that? Like, you know, it's yeah. like, it's the same for everybody. The grass is always greener, man, you know? <laughs> the, gra- yeah, exactly. the grass is always greener, except, you know what, the one thing that was nice as not being a bather anymore when I finally got to be a groomer, not having to do huskies, because huskies, they have their big malting season. Oh. Having to deal with all that shedding was never fun. We call it a fur blizzard when they kind of <laughs> have to blow them out. You have the fur just flying thickly through the air i mean wow. now i still have to deal with some of them because like now with mobile it's like you get booked with you get booked because we obviously yeah. do everything as a groomer like you're getting i'm getting bath dogs i'm getting haircut dogs you just yeah. get sent out for whatever because it's not gonna have a specific person just for baths but um so so i have like, only a couple of huskies i do regularly where i have to deal with a lot of shedding <laughs> wow with with your current uh job um, did you did you go in? I mean, I know for the first one you kind of had the end for this job. Did you? Yeah. Was it a kind of a direct uh, link like that, or did you have the interview? I'd like to know more about the you know how yeah. The went. So I yeah, because it was a little I was a little nervous leaving PetSmart because it was I would say overall it's a great place to be because when you're a groomer you're automatically full time. There's vacation pay. There's sick pay. There's 401k. There's a health plan. So it's like it's a great job overall. I mean, obviously, like I said, because you can only groom so much, and their prices are set by them. Um, like my my concern was okay, health insurance, which we were getting at the time through me, but then my wife got a new job, and so she, so I had to not worry about that. So then my bottom line is okay, what's the bottom dollar I'm going to make versus, especially because like going to a small mom and dad thing was like. Okay, so it's not really going to be a vacation pay because I already was getting to the point where I got three weeks of paid time off. I'm like, oh, that's kind of awesome. I'm not having to worry. But yeah. then going, it's like, if I make more, I make more. It's like, whatever. So, um, but you know, with him, one of the couple of the groomers that used to work with ended up working for him, and it was like, hey, he's hiring. And because they, we knew we knew each other for so long, because I worked with them for both at least a couple of years. Yeah. Um, they're like, we we know you. Like, this seems like a good fit for you. Yeah. Plus, they were also going to get a little hiring bonus if I went on, so there was a little incentive for them to get me to come <laughs> too. But, but they they were like they genuinely were like you know this seems like this would be a good fit for you, and they they're 100 percent right. I mean, I'm still with this guy for three years, awesome. so um uh, so yeah, we just we sat down and went in the interview, and kind of even with him and same thing with Pesmar, I've always been upfront about having autism, and so I, I you know I bring it up. I, I always brought up any interview you know when I was in high school when I got up at the library. Um, when I got the window cleaning, I was like, just like, this is, you know, I have this. So there's like a communication issue. Like, just be a little bit slower with me and understand. Like, I just need a little. Just give me a minute, and we'll figure it out together. Yeah. Right. So right. you've known for a while too. Then I mean, uh, clearly, 
It wasn't like a late late stage kind of, hey, I just figured this out. Yeah. I mean, having the, autism, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got diagnosed when I was in the fourth grade, so we're talking like... Oh, yeah. So we're talking like 96, 97-ish, I think. Okay. Whatever my fourth grade year was. So do you think... So, so do you think knowing for such a long time that was helpful getting into um like into the, the job into the workforce yeah like uh, already maybe having some communication dealing with people accommodations uh, these sorts of things yeah i mean i think yeah knowing it definitely helps because it's just it knowing when i was little already helped because it's just like okay i know what my issues are and i know that has a name and i know that there is now techniques that can be used to one help me figure out how I can do whatever task, but also communicate it with those who don't understand, like if I'm going through a problem or if I'm having an issue, and That's then good. you know then that way I can explain to it. Yeah, so it, it's kind of like it's freeing in a sense of that you're able to understand yourself, but also being able to communicate it and help other people understand, you know, who you are and what you're going through. So that way they can be more understanding and like, they're just not harping down. Yeah. Just like in ignorant of what's going on. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's good. That's gotta be really nice. I think so. So let's talk about, let's talk about, um, kind of more personally how it works for you. How does, uh, how does, uh, being autistic make your work hard? What, what's hard about it? (sighs) Before, I would say being with mobile, it's actually made it overall a lot easier because it fits into my overall personality type. You know, I have no problem being alone all day and I can just listen to my podcast. And But it also allows me to um, just be super hyper focused on my task and, you know, get in an, it took me for a while, even when I worked, when I first started with Pestmore, it took me a while to find my process. So now it's like I kind of have my mental list and my mental checkpoints, especially timing wise learning you know what took what and then not overthinking something and being super too detailed where it's like okay just be done with the animal (laughs) 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 like like the dog wants to go home now (laughs) so so it's just you know learning kind of like okay this is you know do this step and then move on so like having those mental checkpoints essentially of you know of what i'm working on and then being able just to move on to finish what um the groom um you know originally i would have said it was definitely more challenging because like i said i'm working in a salon with like I always was in big salons for PetSmart. So, like, the one, the first one I was in was a Thousand Oaks. We had, like, 10 groomers in there. Oh, wow. No, I think we had 14 at one point. It was the one in uh, down here in, in, in Encinitas where we had more like 10. So, they're, they're fairly large. Like, some other ones usually were, like, six or eight. Um, but it's, like, you know, you're, and it's mostly women. Like, I was usually the only guy. Um, only a couple times, like, the one down here uh, where I used the last one I worked at where, it was, like, there was actually three of us three guys but it's like i'm in the salon with you know a dozen women and so it's like the you know the communication skills are definitely gonna be a whole lot different between me being a guy and then being a woman and then just you know and then just dealing with you know different personalities because there was definitely an array of different personalities (laughs) it's like it'd be a groomer we always said you have to have a certain level of crazy to want to do the job (laughs) (laughs) that's funny that's not the first time i've heard that i think a lot i think a lot of uh work in general you gotta be a little crazy to get out there right i mean (laughs) You know, yeah, it's kind of funny when you. At least it makes you crazy. At least after. Yeah, a while. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that you were talking about with, um, sort of, uh, well, what's the word? Um, getting y- your job, the details down pat, kind of thing. And the checklist. Yeah. Yeah, and the checklist. I mean, that's uh, it hits home over here uh, because I will, 
at first I'll, I'll get into a job really slow and I'll methodically, I will be slow and behind and I will maybe even take twice as long. I'll take, you know, yeah. someone else might jump in four months, they're ready to roll. Me, I'm eight months a year, but I end up being faster later because I need to know the ins and outs of every yeah. single process. And then at the end of that, it's, I kind of, I say, say to people when it's at the beginning, it's in the front of my mind. I have to think about it constantly. But then as I get going, then that whole process, it, I've made this whole, you know, one, two, three, four, five, and, and it goes in the back of my head. And then I'm a master and I just blow through it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're dealing with like, you know, a couple dozen different like dog breeds that are, you know, hyper, like I said, hyper specific to, you know, a form and function. So it's like you have from English Cocker Spaniels to Scotties and Westies to, um, you have to learn all these things. And I guarantee now when you don't even have to think about which appointment you have, you just show up, you see it, you're like, got it, boom. Yeah. That's that's the one thing I do kind of miss though. It's like with, with the mobile grooming, everyone's kind of like, because we do a lot deal with more senior pets in a sense, because we're dealing with, with clients that can't drive themselves or can't really deal with the commute to go and take their dog or we're dealing with dogs that can't make the commute because they're just too old. That's true. Um, and, and we still have a good number though. Obviously just, they love the convenience of it. Um, but so it's dealing with, you know, those senior pets and, you know, so we just deal with a lot of just haircuts that are just more function than anything. So it's a lot of just simple short trims. There's a few that are still a little bit longer and nice and cute, but, um, we're like at PetSmart, I definitely dealt with way more breed specifics. Like I, now I barely deal with like, Pomeranians, like, or even Shih Tzus, which is kind of weird. Um, but like the main thing I, I deal with is like golden retrievers and, and Maltese's and just stuff that gets a simple, you know, shave down for the most part. And just overall, they just want them nice and short and well kept and babe. And that's pretty much it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about some of the things that your boss does or even could do um, that helps support you at work um, in ways that you might need. Well, I mean, for the most part, he, he's pretty good with just keeping communication to a minimum where so it's like the only thing he has to come to me is like if there was a customer complaint which very very rarely happens like i might have forgotten a caller that's like the worst thing i've done um uh, fortunately i've had like no dog incidents where i've accidentally cut a dog i haven't done that in forever thank goodness so it's it's usually like okay there was like maybe a small and it's usually with a new client because like you're you're getting to know them you're getting to know the dogs so it's like I might have done the haircut not quite the way they wanted so it's like there's like they're unhappy with that and it's it is a communication thing so he understands yeah. okay um so I mean for the most part it's just like I I would only say it's like if he's actually upset it's kind of hard to tell sometimes because. Um, he just does everything via text. So I sometimes have a hard time translating the text message. Like, wait, are you upset or are you understanding at this point? And then of course I'm too nervous to even ask. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like, it's like, could you just be a little more straightforward with what this text message means? Like, are you mad with me? It's like, if you are just be, be honest. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Like record uh, record your voice through the text message. You can do that, and you know. On yeah, a text, just send me or... the voice memo. Let me. Yeah, exactly. Send me the voice. Thing so <laughs> at least like, hopefully, go off your tone of voice and see. I tell you, I have to help people with the the text messages all the time. You know, and I'm the same way. You know, I get a text. I'm like, God, you know, you got to ask people around you. Like, well, what do you think they mean by this? You know, it's like, uh, dude, there's nothing to worry about. They probably just mean this. I'm like, oh yeah, you're probably right. I, I guess so. You know? A little overthinking. Yeah. I have discovered that I just have to intend to read it as like a positive way, or 
as neutral as possible or at least as positive as possible. Yeah, for you that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, otherwise I respond to everything like I fly off the handle. What did they mean by that? They were texting looking for an argument. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... That's kind of our (laughs) (laughs) go-to. I'm not sensitive, but it's... They said hello. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but they said hello like this a certain way that they mean. They added an exclamation point. Right, right. (laughs) And it's in caps. They're yelling at me. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Yeah, but I find uh, for my peace of mind, I have to just uh, decide that everybody is being positive and happy. And, uh, you know, otherwise it's problematic. That is hard in this world sometimes to just assume that everyone's being that way, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it is helpful for my peace. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, having that mindset just like no one's actually looking for a fight. Like they're yeah. just like trying to they're just trying to put it like this is just what it is and then just go from there. So we talked about the things that um you know that can can be difficult. We talked about some of the things that, that can be helpful as far as support. Uh let's talk about um let's talk about the good stuff. What is it um that you think being autistic is really helpful? What is the superpower that you get at your job? I it's kind of like I think what it, it the biggest thing is once you kind of get into something like like I definitely have dedicated myself to this as an overall career and I, I definitely have other interests right like when you get super into something like you know it forwards and backwards like you be, you you maybe not intentionally more unintentionally you become the expert in whatever you're doing and and that becomes super beneficial like it, it, the hard part was actually gaining the confidence and recognizing like I know what I'm talking about. Especially when it came to pet parents that, like, when they have matted animals, like, they didn't, you know, properly brush them in between grooms and they get super mad. And just putting your foot down is like, I can't brush this out. And if I do, I am legitimately torturing your pet. So either I shave your animal because it's what's safe and best for them or I'm going to leave and you can find someone else who can do it. Oh, wow. You know, know, and I've I've done this, you know, finally over a year. Like, I, I... I would say it wasn't until I was like a good three years, four years into grooming where I was finally had that confidence. And it took like that long. I was like, you know, I, I just, I've had, and I've had the same lines. Like if you don't think, if you don't trust me to just what I'm saying, it's like, go ahead, take your dog tip day, find another shop. And if they are willing to do it, I will pay for it. But oh, wow. nice. Like, I just like, I'm not doing, I'm not brushing it out yeah. because this is, it's, it's bad for you. And most of the time, like when they realize like, they have the option to lose their appointment today. <laughs> like, just do it. <laughs> and then, and then I show. Them. I've literally had pictures where I, I mean, I still have some. Like, I've shaved animals where head to toe, where it's like a, a stuffed animal. Like, I have eye holes in the shaving of oh, the wow. animal. Like, I had, I've had like horrible mad animals. I've done, wow. I've had neglected animals. I've, you know, so, so that's the one thing that kind of gets hard about the job is, um, you know, you know that these, I've definitely had a lot of because you know dogs only live so long. Yeah, and especially with mobile, you're dealing with senior pets. Like more, I deal a lot more with them passing now, where they oh. just because they're older, they pass. I, you know, I'm dealing with more of them. Like, like just this week, I had another one pass away. Just like yeah. literally the day before the groom. Oh. So um, that's the one thing that gets kind of bums you out. I've actually because, like I said too, I have senior uh, people that I do, uh, having them pass away is hard. Oh, you know, you man. come attached because you're you're go, you, you go to their homes, they see you regularly. You do know them. They know you. You have these, you know, these, you know, they're simple and casual conversations, but you know them. 
Yeah. And, yeah. and you, you end up having a connection, and that's why they trust you to come to the house. They trust you with their animal, their family member. Absolutely. Um, and so it's like one of those kind of things, it, like it, it bums you out. Absolutely. Uh, I, I don't know groomers that don't, aren't 100% non-affected by it. It's like, it's, you, you know, you, you can do your best to uh, compartmentalize it uh, where, you know, it doesn't affect you 100%. So it's just... Um, it's just yeah, but it's just one of those things that it's, it, it gets to you, you know. And um, but you know, you just kind of keep going. I mean, at least I'm not like a vet that has to put them down and oh, deal with them the regularly. That's like the only thing. Like that'd be way, way more of a bummer. Yeah. Um, you know. I guess you got to look at some of those things that you have to sort of look at. Hey, this is this is better for the animal. You know, kind of like you know with the with yeah. the matting. You know, you're not gonna tortured the dog you're, you're saying hey you know you had the confidence to get to that point where you're saying this is what's best for your dog you know you yeah. want what's best for your dog and i'm at the point where i want what's best for your dog you know so yeah. i'm curious because we talked about um you know you know the superpower you know and some of the stuff that you've dealt with you know but i'm also curious uh it, with all those kinds of things in mind you know because you've also talked about um before the sh- uh, our show uh, you know we were talking about you had a lot of other things going on and like you know it, I think that's pretty awesome, you know. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say what what you you're doing, but there's all kinds of stuff, and so it, you know, with the job that you had, um, you know, you got into it. You know, not necessarily what you would have jumped into, but now that you're there, you said, "Hey, look, I'm this is what I know. I'm going to go career length with it." Do you have like a dream job if you could create it, like something that would fit Ooh. you perfectly, kind of like the kind of like the mobile thing does you now do you have that dream job that fits you perfectly that what would that be that's that's a good question um i don't know i I mean the only thing is like i said because of the physicality of dog grooming with my back i mean i would have to probably jump to something with a little less physicality so i mean i love photography so i think if i could do go and do photography full-time um, I mean, I would love to do because I've done weddings, so either weddings or maybe even get to video filmmaking, like documentaries, would be kind of awesome. Just like, yeah, it's a lot of heavy gear, but it's like kind of like the stresses. It's a different kind of stress thing, obviously. So, I mean, you have to pick and choose your battles. Um, I just feel like with dog grooming, I kind of have a a finite timeline of it where I'm physically going to be able to do it because my in my mind, it's like. How long can I can I do this into my fifties and sixties? And at what point will I be able? To, I have to stop doing dogs over a certain weight, just because of I can't risk my health right. more than yeah. anything. Because if I risk my health, that means I can't groom. Yeah. So it's like how do you know being employed? It's like when do I communicate to my boss? It's like hey, my body can't handle taking golden retrievers two to three times a day. <laughs> Yeah, that's where so, we're with Adam right yeah. now. I mean, he. Yeah, I do. I do a lot of heavy lifting, so uh, you know. Okay. He says yeah. a lot. I'm gonna quantify that. He lifts. He lifts almost a ton of oh. product a day. Oh yeah. Sounds like you're in shipping and receiving of like FedEx or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. Uh, I do merchandising, but uh, I I have multiple accounts where I bring in products you know it's food and drinks and snacks and oh uh, uh, yeah know, so uh, i guess that's heavy because like yeah. think about like a like a 36 pack of soda those things are like 30 40 pounds yeah and, so, yeah and i have uh, i have a very large route and uh, so I, I load up my truck you know at the beginning of the day it's pallets of stuff 
usually yeah. like you know three or four pallets and uh every once a day and i go in with you know so it's a lot you know for sure so yeah i've, I've thought about that many times you know yeah we're, I, I mean we're in the same conversation it's like you know at some yeah. point his body is physically not going to be able to do his job anymore you know yeah but I, I think guess that's the, probably about 85 or 90 is oh, what I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess the only other thing I could think of is, you know, I would still love to maybe, you know, if I could make the podcasting a full-time thing. Like, I have my podcast, and what I like about what I, the, where I started now make it more of a niche is that it's super focused on autism. And to me, I feel like it's autism positive and finding those positive stories about it and also all the different scientific research and stuff like that. Um it would be nice to be, you know, not, I don't, I don't want to call it myself like a spokesperson, but just kind of just keeping a show and a program focused on not just the positivity of it, but also resources of it. I try to talk about, you know, like the different doctors that have different therapies and functions. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, and if I can, if I may, you have kind of, um, kind of been the spokesperson, I guess, for that uh, on this show, at least so far. Most of the people we have interviewed have been late diagnosed. That's true. Um, oh, okay. And that being the case, myself included, um, have had major issues in around finding, keeping work. That's the um, big thing. With the because I think the unemployment rate for people with autism, especially as adults, is like it's like in the seventy percentile. Yeah, it's it's huge. Um, and if I had known long before if i had known when i was in fourth grade yeah i would have had the tools or at least the self-awareness to be able to um go into the workforce uh, with a different mentality and i might have fared better i mean i'm not going to regret what you know where yeah I've been. of course not um but there's a huge difference and you have kind of personified that difference for us right like you knew early and you um you're you're highly successful in the workplace. I think it's awesome. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that very much. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that's kind of like one of the things I've done public speaking because I with my old behavioral therapist. She um, had a great program, um, but now she's focused. She has a she had one book she has come out that's called um, Quirky Yes Helpless No. That's really great for um, parents with autistic children and kind of talking about you know uh, interacting with their kids and how to help them and and with the schooling and all that. But she has a great book coming out. Um, I don't know if it's titled yet, but her the book is specifically directed at um, hiring managers and HR personnel in nice. that area for businesses to help them um, better understand their autistic employees and how to communicate with them and how to best uh, accommodate them. Um, so she has a book coming out on that. And so I don't know if it's titled yet. Her name is Dr. Cynthia Norrell. Um, and um, so if you guys ever want to research her, so she, she's uh, fantastic. Yeah. She actually was there for me when I was a tiny kid and with my friends with my mom and helped me with my early development. How she cool. Was, with all that. That's fantastic. Wow. That's exciting. You get a reference in the back of the book? <laughs> uh, yeah, she interviewed me for for oh, cool. part of the book. Yeah, she a lot of her current and past patients um, was you know talking about you know working and you know how you know what helped you as an individual with autism to stay in work or what helped you with interviews or what helped you with communication with your uh, employers. So we kind of talked about that, and um, so some of that will be referenced in her book. That's fantastic. Oh, I'm all over that. And I, and honestly, and I think it's cool. I like the you know you said well, I'm not necessarily a spokesman, spokesperson, you know, but it you know the 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 point is is you know with both of us doing podcasts is you know we're trying to get the word out, trying to yeah 
you normalize know, it. Normalize, just normalize. I like that. <laughs> the acceptance of it. I mean, that's kind of like what we. I mean, you guys probably saw because I mean, I, we know we first communicated on Reddit was like, all right, we're kind of done with autism awareness. How about autism acceptance? Like, we're yeah. this. Yeah. This is it, it's here. There is. There could potentially be cure, but at the moment there is no cure and. Just because there might be doesn't mean we want it either. Right. You know, like, why nope. can't we just be, you know, just like, we're here as any other individual, just like, you know, we, you need some minor, what we, I would consider minor accommodations because it comes down to understanding more than anything. We're not asking I think the rest for breaks of the world or shortcuts. It. Yeah. Sorry. I was saying that. No, no worries, man. I, I said, I disagree. I think the rest of the world needs some minor adjustments and I <laughs> like being who I am. <laughs> Oh yeah, there's just uh, more positivity above anything and everything else with everything going on. Just uh, jump to positivity, not to negativity. There you go. It's, get, it's getting there. It's getting there. Yeah. You know, the autistic community is being more open right now. Yeah. Um, people are, um, you know, people are um, disclosing. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> yeah. That people are disclosing more often, um, and it's funny because people, you know, people that are not in the know are suddenly like, wow, autism is this sudden epidemic. No, it's not. We've always been here. We're just now speaking yeah. up. Yeah, it, like we're just finally kind of asking for just, we're asking like, please try not to silence us. Like we are, we're just trying to find our voice now and we need to be a bit louder because there's still that tendency of being quieted and pushed yeah. aside almost. Mm -hmm. um, where it's like, oh no, we'll figure it out for you. Like, no, we're gonna tell you what we need. Thank you. Right? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah. I think that's our time. But Stephen, it has been amazing talking to you. Yeah, no, this fun. was fun. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I um, I think we're going to link to your podcast in the show notes. Yep. Awesome. And if there's any other socials or anything that you want uh, in the show notes, go ahead and shoot those to me and we'll... Um, and yeah, you guys we'll can, uh, anyone listening, you can follow me, Ballistic Autistic Pod on Instagram, uh, Ballistic Aspie on Twitter, um, Ballistic Autistic Pod at Gmail if you want to email me anything. Um, I'm pretty much an open book, so if there's any additional conversations or questions anyone has, because um, I've talked to parents, I've talked to you know other podcasts, um, I'm very much an open book. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not the greatest with social media, so I don't post too often because, like, uh, again, I try to keep a little bit of amenity because, like, obviously, I don't want my boss being blown up because I'm an employee. And then, <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. so, so, but I mean, I try to be as open and, uh, as I can. But uh, I mean, if it ever happens, like, you know, if everyone discovers, then like, all right, well, let's just go full force with everything. But at the point, <laughs> it's just uh, I try to be uh, an open book as possible. But um, yeah, it is what it is. I love it. Well, well thanks so you. much thank for being so much. here. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks a lot, everyone, for joining us today. It's been a blast. Oh, yeah. Hey, we want to talk to you. Really? Tell us about your job. Go to our website, carvedresumes.com. Fill out the contact form. Uh, tell us how to get in touch with you, and we'll take it from there. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us again. Have a great day. Bye.